Gentani, and welcome to the Godfather Minute. I'm your host, Alex Robinson. And I'm your co-host, Andy Robinson. And together, we are the Godfather Godfather Minute Minute Brothers. Brothers. Today we're talking about Minute 109, 109 of The Godfather. Alex, before I become semi-retired, I'm going to teach you to speak Sicilian. You ready? Yes, let's hear it. All right, you can, and after that, I'm going uh, to have you eat some food because you look terrible. (laughs) Okay, thank you. Hey, uh, free food, that's thats more than generous. And maybe if you keep practicing, maybe you can be my consigliere. Tom's not doing a very good job. Well, I want that food for the end of this month. <laughs> Alex, repeat after me. E minuto. E minuto. Numero. Numero. Cento nove. Cento nove. Cento nove. Cento nove. All right, now go walk around the parking lot and do your job. 109. I think this is the longest you've ever kept up your uh, your impression. Are you going to do, do the whole impression? episode? What do you mean my impression? I just mean that, you know, you're uh, usually by now, uh, you know, I'm impressed. <laughs> I'm impressed with your impression. <laughs> Thanks. I mean, oh, oh, I shouldn't have called attention. You tricked me. I jinxed You tricked it. me into breaking it. character. Still, that's got to be the longest. We'll put that in the yeah. in the record book as the longest one so far. That's it. Eventually, you're going to do a, a whole one in character. Well, we have joked around, haven't we, about doing episodes in characters or maybe yeah. bonus episodes, like a very special Godfather Christmas and writing the script and everything. Oh, yeah. that Yeah. Maybe we should experiment with doing, in the bonus content, we should experiment with like uh interviews where like you would interv- i be oh, you know something like that mm-hmm. anyway we'll figure that out off yeah, the air great idea let's talk about 109 while Cent- we're here centonove centonove anyway i brought up the impression thing because i love the idea that it's, this is if that was if this is someone's first episode and they thought that you were going to talk like don uh-huh. Corleone on the whole episode like, yeah. gonna do that the whole time uh-huh. uh minute 109 what uh, happens in 109? Pretty uh, straightforward. It is. It's uh, It opens with Carlo uh, minding his own business on the stoops, mm-hmm. uh, talking about gambling, and then uh, Sonny and his bodyguards pull up in the car, mm-hmm. and um, Carlo tries to run, but Sonny mm-hmm. catches up to him and uh, beats him silly, including using a garbage can lid mm. to smack him in the face. Wow. So, uh, yeah, pretty uh, famous scene. Mm -hmm. Yeah, classic scene. Very violent. Mm -hmm. One of the more violent scenes in the movie. Uh, Yeah. It kind of goes on and on. Yeah, well, yeah, it's it's and it's also probably, despite certain exceptions we'll talk about, it's probably mm-hmm. the most realistic violence in the mm-hmm. movie because it's like mm-hmm. the way people will really fight, not like in the movies where yeah. you know, Indiana Jones gets punched 20 times in the face and, mm-hmm. you know, it doesn't really have any kind of consequences. So, yeah, yeah. and Carlo it feels takes- very real. Like, it feels very documentary style. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because it's yeah. shot from kind of like far away and, and uh, you know. So. Yeah, and they're not doing... Like tri- like you like the kids nowadays see all the time in action movies, which is a lot of trick shots and quick cuts to different angles, yeah. and it's just it's just a couple of shots uh, for sometimes from a distance, sometimes close up, and yeah, they're just fight. You know, I wouldn't even call it a fight. Just uh, a Sonny, beat. Sonny's throwing just, him a beating. Sonny's just handing him his own arse. <laughs> <laughs> um, do uh, it just occurred to me? Do you think that Carlo? Um, could fight back but knows he can't fight back 
So in the book, Puto writes oh, that oh, Carlo right. definitely chooses not to fight back, to just take the beating. Because he knows he has to. Because he's because he's the acting Don. Exactly, yeah. Right. If he were to fight back, he would he could oh, and all not only that, but also because of Sonny's temper. If he gives him reason, even more reason to yeah. fight, Carlo knows that he could end up dead. Right. Dead. De- dead. <laughs> um, as dead as Luca Brazzi. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So the, the camera would work. The fact that it's only, it looks very documentary. It makes you feel like you're one of the people who's watching it from the, mm-hmm. who's like watching this happen in the neighborhood. Yeah. It's kind of an interesting uh, effect. When Santino comes out of the car, he throws something at him. He's like, a piece of wood or is that a bat? And the script, it says it's a, a sawed off broom handle. Oh, wow. Which I think, huh. uh, uh, I remember a, us riding in the car with someone who had a similar uh, mm-hmm. broom handle for mm-hmm. just for, you know, in case of emergencies mm-hmm. or, you know, the edited. So but I guess that's kind of what Sonny has there. Yeah. He tries to throw it at him. Imagine if he hit him right in that first shot. Oh, yeah. <laughs> stuck into his back and he just slumped down dead. And then at the end of the scene, Sonny says to him, you touch my sister again, I'll make you sweep up. <laughs> He's all huffing and puffing, all tired. <laughs> um so yeah, yeah, those were the swinging eighties when we knew someone who drove around with a broom, sawed off broom. The eighties in the in New York City, in New York yeah. City. Yeah, yes. you never knew who was gonna come up to yeah. your car and you get those guys, the squeegee trying men? to wash your windshield. The squeegee men, they call them. Oh, I thought you had a broom handle because it's the, that would do less damage than the squeegees they had. Remember, you usually, <laughs> usually just paid them off because they could yeah, actually rip leave. off yeah, your windshield yeah. wiper. <laughs> really. <laughs> you really wanted a, a good I would make wipe. them earn it I would like get out and inspect it and like you know like hey you missed the spot over right over here and really you know <laughs> hey while we're at it can you do oil changes hey yeah so um, so we're a bunch of kids standing around yeah, yeah. watching this fight yeah and uh, I wanted to ask you would you have would you have stood around if you were playing stickball on the street? Would you have watched this fight? You're I mean, twelve years old, probably. I, probably I think right. even now, I would. I mean, I I, yeah. I don't remember a time I ever wouldn't have watched a fight. I mean, maybe mm-hmm. if I knew it was a crime boss, and I was like, I just don't want to be involved. You know, it just. Mm-hmm. But I think my instinct would be to just stay and watch. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah. That's always human nature. Yeah, that's always a, a point of uh, contention with um, with my wife and I. Is that like if a fight or something breaks out in the street, mm-hmm. I'm always like, "Oh, what is this? What's going on?" And she's just like, "Let's get out of here. Let's get out of here." Mm-hmm. Like, just wants to like not you know get be oh wow just get involved get or or I think it's almost more just like out of like embarrassment for the people. Mm-hmm. So yeah, anyway, mm-hmm. to me, I'm just like, "Hey, how many chances are you gonna get to see yeah. someone throwing a beaten?" In uh, live, live. On YouTube, you can see them anytime yeah, you that's want. True. That's true. So when I worked in high school, I was a disciplinarian. <laughs> when I worked in high school, I was a disciplinarian, and kids would fight all, not all the time, but occasionally there'd be a fight. And <laughs> inevitably, there'd be a big crowd of other high school kids around mm. them. Oh, yeah. And most kids would not break it up, they would just watch. Yeah. And nowadays, kids film it. That's to me, that's just so sad. Yeah. But, and we came down hard on the spectators. Like, mm-hmm. Why don't you help break it up? Like, why? Yeah. And, and I agree with that. Overall, it's the right thing to do. But deep down, I almost 
felt like it's human nature. It's like convincing high school kids to all get in, get together and break up a fight is a really it's a really challenging thing to do. Because I mean, think not even high school kids. Do you think if a fight broke out in the street, people like do you think regular people would go get involved in the middle of like two drunks fighting in the street? I guess it depends on the severity of the fight and if people knew them. In high school, they they know they who know they each are. other. Yeah, that's yeah true. they're just yeah. looking. The spectators yeah. just want to see a good fight. Yeah. So we always came down hard on them because it was the right thing to do is to try to break it it's up. It's the but, system, man. It's the system. <laughs> yeah, we were causing them to fight, right? We there was well, I mean in the early years of cell phones, I remember there was a kid who was filming it, and it was the yeah. first time I dealt with a kid who was filming a fight in school. Yeah. And uh, he didn't break it up and he was filming it and he put it on YouTube. Mm-hmm. And we oh, if I remember correctly, we we pursued it just to find out if we could require him to take it down or whether he should he should and could be disciplined by the school for that action, yeah. the action of filming and posting it. And the answer is not no to none of those things. Yeah. I wouldn't say it's the school's business. Yeah. It just feels wrong though. In a school, a kid filming other kids fighting and then posting it. No. Doesn't it feel wrong to you? I don't know. I guess I've been out of high school for a long time. So, I mean, I guess like if you're bet, if you're wagering on it or something, if you personally, what is, what is the objection to it? Just that you're, that a kid is, is it promoting violence? Is it because a kid gets humiliated on a video and then it's up there forever? Well, the the grounds for discipline for most discipline cases is it it interrupts, it disrupts the educational process. So maybe my, I mean, it's sort of the, it's hard to say because should to he, me it sounds like your freedom of speech is causing too much of a ruckus in our my, for my job <laughs> so you guys can't do that well it's like the kid <laughs> should have helped break up the fight and because he didn't the fight went longer it, it could be argued that has nothing to do with the, yeah. the youtube stuff but also you don't know if you jump in to try to break up a fight you could be the one in down suddenly in a fight yeah, if you're a kid, yeah, no yeah. doubt. Yeah. Or even an adult, that could be true. You know what I oh, mean? Oh, in an adult fight. I yeah. mean, if you're an adult and you see a kid fight. Oh, yeah, but you're, but you're talking about bystanders who are other kids. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I think that's even harder because it is it is people you know. And mm-hmm. so if you get involved in the fight and it at all messes up one of their games, then yeah. that the person's going to hold you responsible yeah, for, totally. uh, for for doing it. Yeah. So uh, I can totally, I, think, I don't think it's right to expect people to have to do it. I mean, other than in no, the, there's no social contract. Hey, let's all help our community get along better. Um, it's like no, just cut them loose. Let the consequences that whoever's getting okay. What if you, you don't know the circumstances? What if the guy who's getting the beat down is truly an innocent bystander, and there's some weird reason that this guy maybe this is just a mugging, and you're all you're all standing around filming this, and you put it up. Really, it could well, be that simple. All right, I guess the difference here's what you know, we we're getting far off <laughs> sure. the track. Well, let's guess it's on track. Is if 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 yeah. Uh, let's suppose if Carl, if, if I was one of these people bystanding, mm-hmm. and I saw Sonny beating up Carlo, Carlo, and Carlo was like, "Help me! Oh, someone help me!" Or it was mm-hmm. like like saying something like that. Then I'd be more inclined to to intervene. But if, if it's like, mm. so like, yeah, in this situation. No bodyguards around, right? Because Santino's bodyguards were there. Yeah. I, I wouldn't. Yeah. And some people do, I don't know if they're going to intervene, but some people get to try to get too close. Yeah. And the bodyguards, <laughs> I don't know if you noticed, but I, can you maybe look and see? We'll ask, we'll answer. I think one of the bodyguards is Cheech. 
Oh, we'll have to check. I but we'll have to check during okay. the thing. We'll Only because he has kind of like distinctive like bulgy eyeballs oh, that you maybe. can kind of see. But anyway, we'll, yeah, we'll look yeah. during the yeah, we'll look during the break. But yeah. Yeah. So if a guy can say, help, I need help, then you're more likely to help. Or it's but clearly if he's already like, so beat or if down. They're, or if they're like laying on the ground and people are kicking the guy, you know, if the person is is clearly making no effort to fight mm-hmm. back or anything, then I would say, yeah, there's probably. A, mm. they're, they're, oh, so if it's kind of balanced. Yeah, but if it's two guys other. who are two people are sparring yeah. because mm-hmm. of their egos or whatever, I'm like, that's their stupid faults. Yeah. yeah. Or, or, could, or they should have friends who are jumping in and intervening for them. Because you can probably tell if someone is truly being a victim, they're not going to necessarily put up the same level of fight that yeah. might be yeah, exactly. backing away, yeah. trying to get away. Yeah. You know, s- you know, in the eyes of the, you have the right to defend yourself, mm-hmm. but I think we feel like we talked about this at one point, but in the eyes of the law, you are culpable for assault and menacing all those charges right. they yeah. throw on you for public fighting if you don't run away. Oh, I see. And Carlo in this situation probably can get away with self-defense. Well, he doesn't even fight back mm-hmm. because he was he does stuck. try to run. He does try to run, and then he was trapped in that little garbage, yeah, little like a zone rat. area. <laughs> By the way, I think this would be a great scene mm-hmm. to do a modern day composting and recycling commercial. What do you mean? Oh, because the- <laughs> because Sonny's <laughs> dumping the garbage on him and, and hitting him with the cans like, Carl, you didn't take out the plastic. I would like to see a uh, a <laughs> like a public service announcement about that that used clips of garbage cans from famous oh. garbage can scenes <laughs> from movies. <laughs> That'd be great in, in Portland in particular because we have composting here. Mm-hmm. Curbs- do we ever. Curbside composting. Mm-hmm. I think there's one point where there are some compost that falls out of the garbage can mm-hmm. so Sonny, you mix the composting <laughs> with the regular garbage <laughs> next time separate your glass or i'll kill you well so speaking of which speaking of crazy sound effects mm-hmm. um i know you are a fan of you you have your talk to barzini um dub Ooh. highlights of bad dubbing mm-hmm. and i think this minute has some terrible dubbing in it 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 does doesn't it uh, oh, and Carlo shouts to him like, "Carlo, come here!" Yeah, but but even when he's fighting, and you hear him all like, "No, oh, yeah." Oh, oh. <laughs> and there's also a, a one shot. Well, plus the punching, I think, is what does it. Mm-hmm. The punching sounds so like psh, a little close up to the yeah. microphone, yeah. and it, you know, it should be more like a. They didn't seem to take into account that we were listening to it from a distance yeah. as opposed to, you know, everything mm-hmm. else we're sounding far away, and suddenly these punches are like right up in the mix. Yeah. You so, probably uh, can't even really hear a punch. Yeah, I mean, it kind of sounds like just like hitting a slab of meat, which yeah. is not. Or maybe really... it probably just sounds, yeah, just like a little, like a like a little like a slap kind of a sound. Just you know what? Let's try it right now. Yeah. How does this sound? Go ahead. Oh, oh, oh man, that's a real, so, that's a real I'm realistic. I'm so sorry. I, do you want me to press pause? You need some time no, to no, get, no, get your act. You told me it was coming, oh. so Ugh. I didn't oh. mean to go that high because yeah. when it hits your teeth, it makes a difference. I'm oh, going to go yeah. a little bit lower. Do you, you maybe you have dermophagia. Maybe you're oh. trying to <laughs> <laughs> bring up the uh, a listener brought up the yes on the dermophagia thing from last week. Should you do that now or in the bonus? Let's content? do it now. Okay. Is that is that is that's this minute, right? Uh, no, it's not his oh, start doing it. He's yeah. still hitting him with the garbage can. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we should bring it up next minute. Then. Yeah, we'll save it yeah. for, okay. for the next minute. Never uh, mind, listeners. Cut that off. Little d- derma, <laughs> what is it? Phagia? Dermophagia, yeah. Dermophagia teaser. Oh, so I wanted to ask, is this real is this the same actor 
that plays Carlo in this entire scene, or is there any stunt double action going on? I think at one point there's a stunt guy. I think maybe when he throws him over the railing yeah. or something. Yeah. But um, he gets tossed. Yeah. But I didn't notice any conspicuous, like, oh, look, you can mm-hmm. clearly see it's not the stunt guy yeah. kind of thing. But, um, um, so yeah, the other audience, the other thing that I, I swear it sounds like it to me mm-hmm. that when in the, um, when he's like, come here, Sonny's come here and starts hitting him, I can swear that they put it in the audience going, oh, like you can hear the really? audience all like, oh, like gasping oh, at like wow. the fact that someone's <laughs> being beat up, and it's so it it, it it it's very subtle. That's what it sounds like to me, but it's it. I, I feel like it's there. Oh, so, cool! So I, I didn't pick can, up on that. It, might, to, it worked. Try to, yeah. I didn't pick up on yeah, it, so it worked audio, for me. Yeah, audio cue. So some other specific details mm-hmm. to call attention to: uh, his orange suit. Mm-hmm. That's a uh, that's a uh, classic look. Classic right Carlo. Yeah. Um, this uh, location still exists, and mm-hmm. we're going to go to it when we do our Godfather oh, tour. Right. Where is it in the it's, city? It's uh, 503 East 118th Street. Oh, excellent. Uh, Probably looks the same as far as the steps and things, right? The um, the steps are slightly different. Mm-hmm. They kind of modernize the doorway a bit, but you can still see the original uh, staircase kind of under all the stuff. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And also, uh, the street still has cobblestone, which it did oh. in this. So it's oh, uh, excellent. Which so it worked. It had nineteen forty six, had it nineteen seventy two when they filmed the movie, and then it has it still today. So oh, cool. uh, the cobblestone. That's probably why they filmed it there too, because it had their cobblestone. Yeah, from the forties looked, right? looked like a real uh, yeah. Oh, excellent! Oh, this is I can't wait to go on our New York City trip. Um, so, uh, at the beginning of the minute, he's talking about betting baseball. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, just out of curiosity, this is the summer of 1946. What was New York baseball like in the summer of 1946? That's public domain. We can sing that, right? Yes, that right. is public okay. domain. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> We're allowed to sing it. I don't yeah. know if we can sing <laughs> Um, okay. Me out to Buenos Aires, <laughs> down the elevator I'll ride. <laughs> um, so it was a good year for Major League Baseball because with oh, World 40s, War II yeah. ending, mm-hmm. a lot more players were returning. Oh, so yeah. there was an uptick in the quality mm-hmm, of play. Mm-hmm. Uh, not so good for New York, though, unfortunately. Mm. Uh, the Dodgers were closest. They finished two games out of first place. Mm. Uh, the Yankees were 17 games out of first place. Mm. And the lowly Giants, 36 games out of oh, first place. So terrible year. Not a good year for New York baseball, mm-hmm. unfortunately. But, you know, Dodgers yeah. always... Uh, Always ready to go. I read a biography uh, about Joe DiMaggio a few years ago. Where's he gone? <laughs> I remember. <laughs> I remember he was he was bitter about a lot of things, but mm-hmm. he was bitter about having to not put that that um, baseball was more or less canceled during World War II. Oh right, and so in his prime years, he wasn't able to rack up mm. more stats. Wow, yeah, which. Eh. It's it's funny though. He's not like he's not like. Oh, I'm kind of ashamed that I played baseball when other people were fighting and dying. He's more like, why did I? Why wasn't I allowed to play baseball while? <laughs> when he played in the war, I think he went to Hawaii maybe, and he yeah. was playing in like the army right. teams and yeah. stuff. He wasn't actually fighting. I don't think he was fighting. But those stats, but, the army stats, don't no, count. They for, didn't oh, transfer to major league uh, baseball. Yeah. Yeah. Huh? Um. So yeah, if it weren't for those years, he would have gotten into the Hall of Fame. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, we still, now no one remembers the name yeah. Joe DiMaggio. <laughs> Where have you gone, Joe DiMaggio? 
the last detail I have is uh, in the background, there's a Rheingold, Rheingold beer truck. I saw that. What, what's that? All behind, about? Uh, standing there behind Sonny. That truck was built specifically for the movie by the Rheingold Beer Company. Whoa. Um, which uh, existed from 19, sorry, excuse me, 1883 to 1976. Oh, wow. And uh, at their peak, they controlled, they had 35% of the New York City beer market. Wow. 35% of the people were drinking Rheingold beer. And now neither of us have ever heard of it. Wow, that is amazing. So um, why did they, do you know why they went under? I think in the, um, in the 70s, there was a lot of, that was when, I think when a lot of, um, big companies started taking over smaller breweries oh, and things yeah. and been driving smaller ones out of, mm-hmm. out of business and stuff. Rheingold so. sounds like it was huge. Why would it have gone under? Uh, I don't know. I guess yeah. it's one of those, like it's one of those middle level ones. It's not small yeah. enough where it's a niche mm-hmm. for the like diehard supporters, but, uh, but it's but it's not big mm. enough. For, it's like RC Cola. <laughs> yeah, maybe they went away because they were having union problems. Alex <laughs> could be. Maybe, you know what? This yeah. is the last truck. They couldn't get any more trucks <laughs> to bring in the beer. Smuggled in. The beer kept taking out like a molasses uh, <laughs> yeah. taste. We tried to make beer. This was a man with vision. He tried to make <laughs> beer with molasses, and there aren't even any hops. <laughs> Everything with him is hops. Um, yeah, so that's the Rheingold Beer Company. He, he saved the light beer for last. And uh, it was revived. A company bought the, I think one of the family members of the Rhein, Rheingold family bought the, the rights to the name and stuff and is trying to revive it. So Trying to do that now? Trying to, like, yeah, bring oh. it back as like a niche, you know, oh, niche kind of, I guess. Original New York City beer. Yeah, so. Uh, they should use the picture from the scene in the godfather in their marketing materials <laughs> that's true <laughs> oh that's that would be the commercial be sunny beating up carl like why are you drinking Coors light <laughs> next time you drink budweiser i'll kill you have you ever seen that um that uh hitler meme the hitler um where it's a Hitler going on a rant and people dub in oh. people subtitle different things that he's yelling about I think I, yeah I think so I've you should do that with sunny like dub in different you could use it, it for any commercial. Yeah, no, different. You'd have to dub oh, it yeah. in, and then you'd have oh, to put yeah. whatever product Carlo wasn't using. <laughs> you'd say, like, what are, why aren't you using, you know, baby oh, wipes? Oh, man. Hey, for our tech-savvy listeners out there, if there's any way to... I can get an MP3 of all the clips of the movie, mm-hmm. but I don't know how to take out just the voice, leave in all the other sounds, the oh, violence and stuff. Yeah, I don't you know you probably need it. You that. need it in a, a multi... Yeah. You know, a multi but sure, so someone knows how to do it. Well, I do have some things from the book. You want me to? Yeah, what you, want you me got? To sock them to you. Yeah, sock them. To Sorry, me. poor choice of words after belting you earlier before. <laughs> <laughs> Is that still smart? <laughs> you always wear the smart one. <laughs> I'm trying to use more '40s terminology. Is that like, still smart? Like horse? Oh, like does it smart like hers? Yeah, oh, oh okay. that one's smart. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that one. That one's still smart. Not like everyone says. <laughs> Fredo's really talking about his his tooth that's loose and sore. It's like, it's smart. It's not like everyone says. It's smart. (laughs) I want respect. I've been going around with this loose tooth, not going to the dentist. Anyway. Anyway, back to the book. The book, which I understand is a little bit different than the movie. The book is different than the movie. The book is different than the movie. The book is different. The book is different. The book is different than the movie. 
Yeah. All right. A little acapella version. Yeah, you like Thanks. that? Thanks for hanging with me, Alex. Next time I'll do the beatbox. I guess that was kind oh. of a, that was kind of a beatbox, but it was more like a like a tap. You box. were you know that you were a, a human hi hat. Who was the human high? Oh, that's, that's my circus name. <laughs> Alex, the human high hat Robinson. The curtain opens and it's just you going. <laughs> Do you do any kind of body like movements or are you just, just going? <laughs> you just making... Well, I lift my head up and down. Oh. Like, oh. <laughs> and then the curtain just shuts. Thank you, ladies yeah. and gentlemen. He'll be back in 15 minutes for the next show. <laughs> wonderful, wonderful. And then maybe somebody, I'll do a duet with someone else, like the human, oh. the human bass drum. You just keep adding people to the uh, to the drums at the side. So you know, movies about carnies. Oh, it's not about the actual performance. It's all the the after performance drama. Mm-hmm. So what would be Alex the human hi hats drama within oh, the, the carny community? I, I think it would be he was he would be deciding whether or not he could continue with the life as a human hi hat or whether to go into dentist school like his parents want him. To. <laughs> I'm thinking because you also have a beard. The bearded lady is is really mad because. You, you're the human hi hat. That's your feature. Yet you have this beard, so oh, it's, it's sort of taking away from her. Attraction. I see. She's she's envious of my beard. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. You're 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 taking away her job. Your job killer. This beard's only big enough for the one of us. <laughs> this beard ain't big enough for the two of us. <laughs> All right. Back to the book. Alex Puzo writes on page one hundred nine. Now this is information that happens in between. You, you don't see this in the movie, which is why I want to talk about it. It's fi- it's filler. You don't mm-hmm. see it in the movie, but Puzo writes about it. And it's pretty interesting stuff. Are you ready to take a peek behind the curtain? I'll be a judge of that. Are you ready to take a peek behind the curtain of, can- of Carlo's candy store operation? Oh, boy. Yes, I am. Last I heard, he was doing real good offering uh, policies to the African-American community there. That's right. Because they were driving around Cadillacs. That's right. But Carlo's back selling candy. Uh, page two, page two forty one. Carlo, uh, <laughs> Carlo, writes, I don't think ow, Carlo ow. can write. Yeah, Puzo writes. Carlo went in. So this is right before the scene mm-hmm. that we're watching in the minute. Yeah. Carlo went into the large room in the back of the store. His two writers, a small wiry man called Sally Rags, Sally and Rags, Sally awesome. Rags, and a big husky fellow called Coach. We're already waiting for the action to start. Uh, so funny. Two, those are the two coaches, kind of Sally book, Rags. Bookmakers, yeah. Uh, Carlo's name is like Salvatore, you know, like uh, Rigari or something. Yeah, Rigario and, uh, and Coachella. <laughs> Carlo asked Coach, is the store phone tapped today? Coach shook his head. The tap is still off. So I'll pause there. What do you, what do you make of that? Wait, Carlo asked that? Carlo asked Coach, is the store phone tapped today? Coach shook his head. The tap is still off. Meaning they have inside information from the police department. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I guess Coach is the one who gets the tips or is in charge of yeah, the, finding that out. Finding out whether or not they're bugged. All right, check this out. This is great. Mm-hmm. You thought Carlo was stupid before? Check this out. He puts the stoop in stupid. <laughs> he gets beat on the stoop in stupid. <laughs> Page 241. Carlo went to the wall phone and dialed a number. Sally Rags and Coach watched him impassively as he jotted down the line, the odds on all the baseball games for that day. They watched him as he hung up the phone and walked over to the blackboard and chalked up the odds against each game. Though Carlo did not know it, they had... A- 
Coach and Sally Rags had already gotten a line and were checking his work. Mm. I'm going to pause there. What, what, you want to take a guess, Alex? Uh, as to what? What do you mean? Why they're checking his work? Uh, well, I'm assuming it's kind of like, you know, when you're, there is no honor among thieves, you'll have to keep an eye on each other and make sure no one else is uh, cooking the books. Maybe he's mm. putting up stats that aren't the, like, that aren't the real stats. Uh, and he's kind of like skimming some off by oh, like giving changing people the tips. odds, mm. to, you know, a little bit. Or, or maybe perhaps there's been, um, problems in the past where Carlo, because he's a dummy, has, has figured out things wrong and... Which one? Number two. You got it right. (laughs) Number one would be giving him a little bit too much credit. Mm -hmm. Even though he thought there was something in it for me. Let's see. In the first week in his job, Carlo had made a mistake in transposing the odds onto the blackboard and had created that dream of all gamblers, (laughs) a middle. (laughs) So he actually put the real, like the real odd, the, uh, the real odds. That is, by betting the odds with him and then betting against the same team with another bookmaker at the correct odds, the gambler could not lose. The mm-hmm. only one who would who could lose was Carlo's book. That mistake had caused a $6,000 loss in the book for the week wow. and confirmed the Don's judgment about his son-in-law. He was stupid. <laughs> <laughs> no, Poots Sprinter didn't write that. <laughs> uh, He'd gone to college. <laughs> Don Corleone had given the word that all of Carlo's work was to be checked. Yeah, that makes sense. And Carlo didn't know it. I guess it was too embarrassing. Yeah. Um, a couple other things in the book. Normally, the highly placed members of the Corleone family would never be concerned with such an operational detail. There was at least a five-layer insulation to their level. A lot of buffers. Tons of buffers. But since the book was being used as a testing ground for the son-in-law, it had, it had been placed under the direct scrutiny of Tom Hagen, to whom a report was sent every day. <laughs> they send him. Not even call him. They actually, someone has to rags us to sit there and type up a report. <laughs> Sally Rags. Um, so, question: mm-hmm. uh, You said something before that. Oh, when you said that they they that um, they didn't tell Carlo. Yeah, I don't. I assume they didn't tell Carlo. I was say, why did you? You think they were just? They wouldn't just say, "Hey, oh, there was a slight problem." Just don't, they wouldn't even just say anything, or they'd be like, "Hey, you cost us a lot of money." Check your work. Or Hagen, you mean? Or whoever. I don't whoever, think whoever ever... is deal. Whoever is the buffer between Carlo and. The next layer. Yeah, I assumed it would be Hagen, but there's nothing in it about the. the there's book. nothing in it in the book, but I, I assumed he was not told because they are, they're doing it and not saying anything. I guess the way it was written made me think that they were not telling him. Right. And yeah, it's a good question why they weren't. Well, he might not know they're double checking his work, but yeah. Oh, he knows that he messed up. Oh, no so he doubt. does know. Okay, that's yeah, what sorry, I, that's but, what I, okay. but he doesn't know that the Don said he needed to check his okay, work. Okay, they dad's. didn't tell him anything. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. Okay, oh, so we're no. in agreement. Yeah, we're yeah, in agreement. Absolutely. Okay, page. This is going page two forty two. Puzo writes. So this is after all the bets were placed, and Carlo had all the cash. Carlo went out the back exit of the room and up a flight of steps to an apartment which housed the candy store owner's family. He called in the bets to his central exchange and, and put the money in a small wall safe that was hidden by an extended window drape. Mm, drapes. Good, good place for a safe, right? Behind the drapes. Put it behind the drapes. Then he went... <laughs> <laughs> put it behind the drape. If, if the money's in a safe... Behind the extended curtain, I'll know the bets have been placed. <laughs> extended curtain next to the window in the living room. 
these things we're doing with drapes in Cuba are <laughs> magnificent. <laughs> Back in the 40s, you never saw grapes. You never see grapes like that. You never saw drapes like that. <laughs> these were curtains manufactured by a man with vision. <laughs> and it's going to be curtains for you if I don't have that money. <laughs> And the design, the floral design on those curtains had nothing to do with business. I didn't ask how far extended, as long as it covered the safe. <laughs> the windowsill work will be done by the uh, Panito Boys out in Kansas City. The, uh, the, the Macrame Brothers in, in, in Oklahoma will come in. To do that special work. I love how we're infusing a Hyman Roth now into everything. He's the gift that keeps on giving. He's so, yeah, he's sort of the, the cream of the, the crop, isn't he? Because you know what's different about him is that he <laughs> has pretensions of like being like sophisticated. Mm-hmm. Whereas a lot of the other people don't mm-hmm. uh, like don't seem to have that. <laughs> so I think that's why Hyman Roth is such a delightful character. Yeah. They've uh they, they, they put these safes behind the extended curtain for years. Believe me, I've been running candy store bets up to the second floor for years. It's in my blood. Uh, let's see. Um, then, <laughs> I'm now imagining it's Hyman Roth. Then Carlo went back down into the candy store after having first burned the bet sheet and flushed its ashes down the toilet bowl. Uh, also, before you said that the candy store was not owned by the Corleone yeah, family. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, it yeah. is interesting. I guess it's just like any of the other things where, like, the candy, like, in exchange for Carlo using that, then the mm-hmm. candy store gets some level of protection. Yeah. And, you know, probably free candy. <laughs> well, I'm guessing the guy, I don't know if they sell, oh, they do sell real candy in there. I didn't read this part from the book, but yeah. when huh, all the dads... Uh, who have their kids are all playing in the street. Yeah. And then when Carlo pulls up, the dads uh, get their kids ice cream so that they won't like ask questions. So they'll be all occupied with their ice cream uh, while they go in and place their bets. I thought you said they wanted, <laughs> I thought like when Sonny came by, they had all the kids get ice cream. So it looked like they were supporting the candy. They oh. were supporting the store. <laughs> yeah. like, oh, look, look, Sonny, we're all uh, supporting local business. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Save it for the library. <laughs> Um, okay, and this is when the actual fight, uh, pretty close to when the fight came, uh, happened. A police car went by. Oh, this is this is when they're still making the bets. Mm-hmm. A police car went by. They ignored it. This book had very heavy protection at the precinct and couldn't be touched on a local level. A raid would have to be ordered from the very top, and even then a warning would come through in plenty of time. Coach came out and sat beside them. They gossiped a while about baseball and women. Carlos said laughingly, I had to bat my wife around again today. Teach her who's boss. Coach said "Coach said casually, she's knocked up pretty big now, ain't she? <laughs> huh? I just slapped her face a few times. It didn't hurt her. She thinks she can boss me around. I don't stand for that. Anyway, and then the scene continues. So we get to see, we get to hear Carlos' perspective on the, yeah, uh, right. on the fight. At least, I, the car, at least the perspective he's sharing with the uh, mm, with the boys. I wonder if McCluskey had lived and the war escalated with Salazzo still in the picture of McCluskey as his, as his bodyguard, if McCluskey would have called in raids because remember the raids would have had to come in from the very top. Right. Yeah. But still the Corleones would have been notified in advance because there are all kinds of cops on the payroll. Oh, yeah. They have different people yeah. on different layers, all different uh, levels. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. That's all I got from the book. 
That's all I got for the minute. So let's rate this sucker. Hmm. I'm ready. Hmm. I think I'm ready. <clears throat> Here we go. One, two, three, four, five. Ding, Whoa. Ding, 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 ding. Yeah. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you. Cool, cool. I was holding out a four for a bit, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but then I was like, it's a classic, iconic yeah, scene. The is. Simpsons parodied it. It's got bad dubbing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and then it's got uh, the Rheingold truck and, mm-hmm. uh, you know. Two, two classic characters going yeah, out of Carlos, Carlos orange uh, jumpsuit. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's like, it's too good. What did you give it? Three? I gave it three. I could, uh, I could see that. Yeah. Originally, I was like, well, there's no dialogue in it. And I was like, "Son, Delta Duck of Point Gold 4. But then I was like, "You know what? Yeah, this this is a Godfather moment. It is. It really is. And Sonny's classic temper. Yeah. And it's is it the only time we see Sonny beat someone up? Did we talk about this last uh, week? He throws well, the guy's God, camera on the ground. Yeah, we see that in Godfather. Oh, he throws Clemenza against the wall when he comes. Oh, right. <laughs> word on the take it easy. Take word it on easy. the streets. Your father's already dead." <laughs> Oh, we What's see, the matter with you? We see Sonny in Godfather 2 in a flashback as a little kid beating up, uh, who is it, Don Tomasino, maybe? <laughs> <laughs> That's how he got in the wheelchair. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when later in this movie, when coming up soon, when Don Tomasino tells Michael, bad news from New York, your, mm-hmm. your brother Santino is dead. He's actually happy because he's the one who <laughs> disabled him. So what do we got coming up in the bonus content, Alex? Well, we have um, we're gonna just we're gonna confirm whether or not Cheech is in this minute. <laughs> uh, we're gonna talk about a fun fan interaction we had. Mm, that's right. Recently, and on also yeah, a real one in person. In person, yeah. And then also we are going to announce the candidates for the next countdown song, which the Patreons will get to vote on. Currently, we are counting down until the um, until minute one until Sunny gets shot on the causeway. Mm-hmm. How much? How many minutes are left That's until that? Minute one nineteen, and this is one oh nine. Ten minutes. Ten minutes. Ten minutes Let's left. Go. Ten minutes. Oh, there shall be the, no, no acts of vengeance. No acts of vengeance. There shall be no acts of vengeance. There shall be no acts of vengeance.